0: Hello and welcome to the Movie Spotlight on the Comic Book Page Podcast. My name is John Mayer. In this episode, we'll have a spoiler-filled discussion about a movie we think you'll enjoy. this episode, I'm joined by my sister, and we're going to have a spoiler-filled discussion on the movie Thor Love and Thunder. It's a two-hour movie. Obviously, it's part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and it had been long enough since we'd seen a movie with Thor in it. It took me a little while to remember where we'd left him. Yeah. And we left him with the Guardians of the Galaxy, I think at the end of uh, Endgame, maybe. Mm -hmm. So two, three years ago. And, of course, they pick up with him with the Guardians and stuff. And it may have been some other movie he was in. There's so many Marvel movies I've lost track. We saw the Guardians for a decent amount at the beginning, but then they kind of get, you know, pushed out of the story because it's a Thor movie, not a Guardians movie, and they've got one coming up.
1: Well, an emphasis on Saw.
0: They were background characters that were not doing a whole lot.
1: Yeah. I mean, Chris Pratt had some dialogue. Well, they all spoke. But not much.
0: Not much and not meaningfully. No. It was enough to acknowledge them, because where they had left off implied the next Guardians movie could have Thor in it, or Thor, you know, Guardians, whatever. And technically they were in this film, but they were not the stars of it by any way. It was nice at the end credits where they've got a, you know, and the Guardians of the Galaxy and do all those people's credits at once. Mm-hmm. So, but this was telling the story of Gore the God Butcher and- had the Jane Foster Thor, so it was pulling heavily from the Jason Aaron run of Thor. And I really enjoyed the Jane Foster stuff. I later, after it was done, read the God Butcher stuff. That was something James had recommended we do back-issue spotlights on, so we did that. And it was good. It was enjoyable, not the kind of story I really gravitate towards. Thor is a hit-or-miss character for me, because if it gets too off in the godly stuff, which the God Butcher stuff unsurprisingly did, it's a little hard for me to relate to. It doesn't really resonate with me. And the whole Butcher side of things wasn't a plus for me either. So I was familiar with a lot of the source material. I think they did a good job adapting it into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And there are changes you're going to have to make when you adapt any comic story into this movie universe, just because it's got a different history. You know, there's uh, some storylines that would be fundamentally changed, like, say, the upcoming Secret Invasion stuff they're going to do a, a Disney Plus series on, simply because you don't have the Fantastic Four, you don't have the X-Men, you don't have the same lineup of Avengers and stuff like that. You know, things are just going to play out differently. Not good or bad, but just something you've got to realize. Overall, this was certainly not my favorite Marvel Cinematic Universe film.
1: Well, let's start with my thinking coming in as we sat down for it.
0: Okay, fair enough.
1: Okay, Thor. Thor tends to be the funnier, more lighthearted of this batch of characters. Yes. This movie was not the funniest or most no, lighthearted. No, this was idiot Thor. Well, and, you know, I really didn't want to use that word, but yes, that, and they've been going more and more that direction as they've done more with Thor. In the same universe, but you add the weight of the God butcher and that to the idiot aspects. and it became a very heavy film compared to the the light entertainment I thought I was sitting down to. I mean, I thought I was sitting down to some fun comedy moments in a superhero movie, and we we started with Death.:
0: Yeah, we started with a very downbeat opening.
1: And that kind of set my tone.
0: Agreed. And the last film we'd gotten with Thor had Hulk in it. I'm trying to remember what the, the full Ooh. title of that one was.
1: Oh, I don't remember. But that actually had some good comedy in it.
0: It had some good comedy. It had some fun moments. It was yeah. a light action adventure. And that was kind of before they really turned him into what they did with Infinity War and Endgame, where at times he was this overweight slob who just mm-hmm. kind of checked out and, and whatnot.
1: Yeah, I don't like dad bod Thor either. No,
0: no. And how they did kind of a montage to, and he's over that. Mm-hmm. Which, okay, fine. It just seems like Thor's a character they've been a little all over the place with.
1: Thor is a character that has never found balance in his life until the end of the movie. By the end of the movie, he may have actually found some balance.
0: Well, he's a character that's constantly finding himself, and where he found himself at the end seems like a, I almost will say a short-term place, but that short-term could be 10 years, but, but there will come a point where this point in his life must move on because another character will move on.
1: Right. He got two thirds of what he wanted for his happily ever after. And he got kind of the third he never knew he wanted. He thought he wanted the third he didn't get. And he he does still want that third, no doubt about it. But it was kind of the, he got what he didn't know comes with it and he wanted
0: Yeah, but it also came down to a misleading title. When they explain at the tail end the Love and Thunder subtitle, it was not what I was expecting. I was expecting, knowing we got Jane Foster, more of it around that and those two kind of getting back together, coming to terms, who's Thor, who's not. And the reason she's Thor and he's not is very different in the comics from in the movie, Mm. which again, to be expected. At the time, he was deemed unworthy. So at the one point where he's able to actually pick up Mjolnir and stuff, he would not have been able to do that in the comics at that point when she's Thor.
1: I thought it was very interesting how much personality they gave the Hammer.
0: That was a big thing from the Jason Aaron, Jane Foster run. At one point, there was even an issue where the Hammer could talk to her. It was m- much more, I don't say anthropomorphic, but sentient. In well, that run.
1: it's funny because anthropomorphic is the word that came to mind with the way he talked to it, confided in it, the fact that the emblem appeared on it after he had asked it, whatever happens, promise me you'll take care of her, mm-hmm. you know, and I don't want to say the hammer chose sides in a divorce. But-
0: no, but the whole, between Mjolnir and Stormbreaker, the ex-weapon versus ex-girlfriend aspect. yes. There was definitely some humor there and such. Yeah. But it was. But. It was a little weird at times, too.
1: It was a little weird at times, but I felt they didn't carry it through to the moment when he needed to change the direction Stormbreaker was facing, at the very least, and prevent Stormbreaker from what it's doing. Mm -hmm. And as he's fighting what has Stormbreaker locked in that position. He's not trying to talk Stormbreaker into working with him, basically.
0: It felt like he kind of was, but not too effectively.
1: Well, and Stormbreaker wasn't trying to fight the hold also and work with him.
0: Given the sentient anthropomorphic aspect of Stormbreaker earlier in the film, it wasn't helping at all, and that was surprising. Mm -hmm. And then how it gets resolved there at the end with Stormbreaker and, and Mjolnir and stuff that felt a little odd given everything that had led up to that. It's like, I need a little more explanation here or whatever. And again, that whole scene seemed to be very different from the comics and such. And again, interesting way to go in the the, the films and stuff. And one of, the direction, or one of the times the direction of the film is very different than the corresponding moments and stuff in the comic. So it definitely looks like we're going to get another Thor movie after this. They did have a, a mid-credit scene, a kind of here's where it's going to go. Which, interesting, it's another familiar Marvel character to bring into the mix, so that makes sense. But other than spinning out of or relating to another character that was in the film, it's not like it was integral to the story. No. There's some where it's like, okay, we've been building, we've got this MacGuffin in the whole story, and now we see where the MacGuffin's going to go next, or something like that. None of that.
1: Well, I can see where somebody thought This fell under consequences of what happened here. But to me, it's a not really.
0: Yeah. There are other ways they could have introduced this character just as easily, never having done this film. Yeah. You know, you could have started with an equivalent of that end scene, but with a a different justification, go after Thor because. Yeah. You know, and that's where, again, it didn't feel like it was part and parcel of this story, nor should it have been because it really didn't have anything to do with the whole God Butcher stuff. I will admit when they're, well, let's assemble a team to go after the God Butcher and stuff. They did that in the film. Most of them said no or whatever, but I would have done it here a little differently of you get there and it's it's decimated. There's nobody to go recruit. They've all gone to the hills or whatever. I also, and maybe I just missed it here, I would have liked to have seen Khan Shu, uh, for Moon Knight.
1: Mm. Yeah, if they were there, I'd missed it.
0: Yeah, I, I would have hoped that would have stood out. Yeah. So, I think there are a few other gods that could have been interesting. I mean, even if we had just gotten Athena and, and a few of the others and did kind of a riff on the Eternals, which are what the gods were sort of theoretically based on, and here they're saying, no, no, Zeus and the others actually did exist. Yeah. So, again, I think the, the universe is a little schizophrenic there. I was astonished they used Eternity in any way, shape, or form. And to do it in a way that was actually fairly accurate or in the the spirit of at least the the comic portrayal, uh, I was pleased with.
1: Well, if I understood what they said, it was the first person that gets to eternity and unlocks it gets a wish grant, their first wish grant.
0: That, not so much from the comics, as far as I know. In the comics, though, eternity is the personification of like everything. Mm. So it's not that you actually see what we see for eternity. But that's the only way the mi- a human mind can interpret it without, like, just mm. melting.
1: Well, what got me was basically, okay, if it's the first person to get there and ask for a wish and it's granted, then you, you've you got Stormbreaker who can make you leap over the guy and cut in line. I mean, I know we're the good guy, I know we're not supposed to cut in line, but uh, I think this is an exception to that.
0: Yeah, yeah, it does. That whole bit seemed a little odd. And why go after Eternity and and do that, whereas in the comics, the God Butcher was going around butchering gods?
1: Well, the God Butcher here was apparently going to ask Eternity to butcher all gods at once for him.
0: That's just lazy.
1: It is. And why, if you're the God Butcher, do you bring your 30 hostage children with you to Eternity?
0: He didn't. He brought it to where the gateway to Eternity was, he needed to do that to get Thor there so Thor could bring Stormbreaker. Actually, did Thor bring Stormbreaker? Yeah, he brought Stormbreaker and that's what he used to get. No, he'd already gotten Stormbreaker at that mm-hmm. point.
1: He I don't know has. why he
0: kept the kids. I think powering them up with the power of Thor temporarily. That was funny. It was hilarious. And again, uh, half those kids were members of the cast and crew, I think, which not too surprising. Mm-hmm. But well used.
1: Yeah, the the IMDb page is interesting with, you know, here's Christian Bale's kids, here's Natalie Portman's kids, Chris Hemsworth's kids were great.
0: Yeah. Well, and I liked how one of the kids, the character was Heimdall's yeah. kid. Yeah. And kind of, okay, he's coming into his own and stuff like that. And there was a little payoff of that later. So they did a, a good job, I thought, with those things. Yeah. It's been just long enough since I've read the God Butcher story for me to really know, okay... Did they hit all the highlights? Where did they kind of make some significant changes and stuff like that?
1: Well, I think from a directing point of view, one of the things that caught me off guard, but as the story unfolded, I'm like, oh, okay, they played fair. I think they did well with this, was how kind of the sword and gore, I guess you would say, came together in terms of gore is lifted off his feet and he cannot reach the sword.
0: No, the sword went to him.
1: Yes. And the sword literally infected him. But I think things would have felt different and played out differently if he had been down on the ground and it had been like so many fight scenes we've seen before where you see the hand flopping around. He gets
0: the nearest weapon that happens to be there. even before it had been picked up, he had just gone and you told me this would kill you and let me use it and kill you. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Okay, so we've got this sword that can kill gods. It's a black sword, it corrupts the, the user. Mm-hmm. Now, if you recall where the Eternals ended, mm-hmm. and spoilers here for that, we've gotten introduced to Dane Whitman, who I know to be the Black Knight. He's got this sword that's the, the black sword that can corrupt those who wield it sort of a deal. It's like, hmm, is one of the themes at this era, point of the, the cinematic universe corrupting swords or something? See,
1: I thought you were going to go with, if I'm a god, and I don't care how puny you think the human in front of you or the mortal in front of you is, and how little you think of them, do you really want to tell them that that sword right there within reach is the only weapon known to exist that can
0: kill me? Which obviously the previous wielder was not that good with, because I guess it can kill but not wound, because that god looked untouched
1: well that god got him before he had a chance to get the god yeah but i mean there's there's almost an aspect of if you're that god aren't you supposed to be wise enough and clever enough to say um excuse me could you hand me that because that's the thing that makes me twice as powerful
0: yeah there's a a built-in ego with gods i think yeah that's true not to be confused with ego of the living planet which i think they dealt with in the guardians but they did still we got some Good guest stars in, in the movie mm-hmm. and stuff, you know, and a few that were recurring kind of cameos or whatnot for the actors playing, you know, Thor and, and Loki and such, which we'd, we'd seen in maybe Dark World. Maybe it was the second Thor movie versus the third or whatever. There's been enough of these again. I lose track.
1: The one where Loki uh, took over.
0: Where Loki took over. yeah. Well, and also the one where uh, Hela showed up. Yeah. So the the problem I'm starting to have is these movies have been coming out over the span of what 10 years on a almost every other or every third year sort of a basis and now we're far enough in that it's it's easy to lose threads of the story.
1: It is. Yeah.
0: I remember after coming out of a uh work outing at a previous company where we'd gone to see one of the Star Wars films, somebody commenting on just how, you know, they hadn't seen all the films cuz there were so many. And this was I think like before the third trilogy came out even so yeah there were seven or eight or whatever but now with the marvel cinematic universe there's like 20 maybe close to 30 and that's not counting any of the tv shows yeah
1: well hugh jackman got away with the joke at one of the events in washington dc where you know he's him seeing he's in front of the president and it's mr president you know i wanted to get you a gift but what you get for the man that has everything and he's like the box set of my Marvel movies. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You may have it, but it's still a good gift because now it came from you.
1: (laughs) Well, but there's also the, you know, it's a set that gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And I mean, he had quite a few jokes about every time you think you have them all, you don't.
0: Well, it's funny because I know the Marvel cinematic films, they had some big box sets of phase one or phase two. I don't know that they did that for phase three, or at least I don't recall hearing about it or what, I, again, lost track of what all is in phase four and things mm-hmm. like that. And again, pandemic, TV shows, sliding schedules, et cetera. And I'm looking forward to a little bit more cohesiveness because really, other than Thor characters, I don't know that we saw anybody that was from a different part of the overall franchise. The Guardian. Oh, the Guardians. You're right. You're right. But even Kor or whatever, he was from... The The Hulk War World's
1: mm, mm-hmm. Thor movie. I liked him.
0: Yeah, he was well used. His little, what happens to him at the end was felt a little tacked on. Okay. So, again, not my favorite f- Marvel film, but not my least favorite either. I would say out of recent ones, I liked aspects of this better than the Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness.
1: Yeah, I can see that.
0: I mean, I think both movies had strengths and weaknesses. Overall, I liked the totality of this film better than the totality of that one.
1: Yeah, I can see that.
0: But if I'm going to then stack it up against other recent Marvel films, I've got to say that the Spider-Man one, Mm -hmm. that was was really strong as an individual film, as a culmination of a trilogy, and kind of a culmination of almost a trilogy of trilogies. Yeah. So it worked on multiple levels there. Again, not a perfect film, but solid.
1: I guess what I'm struggling with coming out of the movie is okay. We've now set Thor up to be Uncle Thor basically mm-hmm. to this 10 year old. We've created honestly an adorable and hilarious relationship between them,
0: yeah. But that feels like by the time we get back to it, that other character will have progressed enough that it'll have almost out of necessity a different dynamic.
1: And I'm I don't know what we'll come back to, if you know what I mean, because. If we come back to the same idiot Thor we had at the beginning of this movie. No. Thank you.
0: I think he'll be back in his element as warrior Thor with this other character. And again, I don't want to spoil too much.
1: Well, no, but the uh, taking responsibility for a 10-year-old has to mature idiot Thor to some degree. It does. And I hate calling him that.
0: But I expect that the, when we get back to these two, it's not going to be a 10-year-old. It's going to be a... 12, 13, 14-year-old, almost teenage mentality. And it's going to be, he's the father who's no longer cool for the child. and
1: I'm actually thinking that they'll come back at the point where she's basically saying, I've been your sidekick unofficially all these years. Now now let's make it official.
0: I was almost expecting it to be a rebelling against the father figure.
1: Oh, interesting.
0: It just seems to me when we get back to them, the the dynamic between those two has to be different than it is now. Mm-hmm. And there was an aspect of where we left off physically with those two reminding me almost of Thanos and his daughters.
1: Mm.
0: You know, training to be warriors, all this yeah. kind of... It's like... It, well, just it seemed th- odd.
1: No, to me, it was Thor doing with the kid the only thing Thor knows to do.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's parenting the only way he knows how, which is poorly.
1: You know, I mean... And maybe instead of referring to him as Idiot Thor, because I don't like the phrase, I should be calling him Surfer Thor. The-
0: a beach bum Thor or whatever.
1: Yeah, because he really seems, throughout the movie, to be the guy who, instead of going to school, he wants to go to the beach.
0: Yeah, I guess at the beginning he was very directionless. At the end he had a very clear direction, but again, it seems like a short-term one because this this kid's going to grow out of that at some point.
1: Well, I mean, you almost have to have someone do an intervention with the Thor we left the movie at of you're putting her boots on, you're getting her geared up for the day, you look like you're taking her to school, and you walk her out the door to what looks like a battle scene?
0: Yeah, very much.
1: I mean, he even gave her a pep talk for first day of school. Yeah. And there is a sense of humor to that. Well,
0: it's it's warrior school, again, probably how he was raised. I'm just thinking... I don't know how many more Thor films Hemsworth is going to do. So there comes a point where I'm expecting maybe not the next Thor film, but the one after that almost has to be subtitled Thunderstrike, and we get the Eric Masterson version of Thor. In other words, another person getting the hammer and getting the powers.
1: Depending how much love enjoyed filming this, that may guarantee one or two more.
0: True. Because
1: love was played by his daughter. Yes,
0: yes. Yes.
1: And I think those two looked like they had a heck of a lot of fun doing Uh, that end sequence.
0: I get the impression Hemsworth enjoys doing these films. And again, Watiti, I think, directed the previous one.
1: I think if he can do some fun films with his daughter, he may do them.
0: I'm trying to think. There was an event in the Marvel stuff a while back... If there was one, I know there was War of the Gods on the DC side, if there was an equivalent God War or whatever on the Marvel side, and I think there was, that could be kind of what the next one is in some way, shape, or form for the character they teased at the end.
1: You know, if we came back and kind of joined these characters in their lives and they're starting the day and they're both getting dressed and they're each giving the other a pep talk Mm -hmm. for the first day or, you know, for starting their day. And it sounds like they're each going off to school, basically. And they are in New Asgard, and she is having to go to school with all the other kids, even though she doesn't want to. And it turns out that he is basically going to the community center because all the adults in town are giving him parenting school because they found out what he's been doing with her.
0: I would almost go a different way of we start back in that space RV or whatever we see the breakfast getting cooked close up, etc., And it turns out she's doing the cooking and trying to get him out the door. <laughs> <laughs> Again, there's a ton of ways this can go. So they left it at an interesting point.
1: Well, but I was thinking if basically they get a call with your God War or whatever is starting and his reaction is basically, oh, thank God I get to get out of school early. It still gives you your surfer bum humor of
0: Thor. I expect them to play it as trying to be a good dad, a little bit of a clueless dad, just generally clueless in the ways of, of people. Yeah. Even though she's got godlike powers or whatnot. And the threat they introduce at the end of this film comes after them, and they're kind of unaware and have to react. Yeah. And I expect that to wind up being similar to early films where, oh, he encounters Cap and Thor. They fight, yep. and then they become friends. Mm-hmm. And
1: you must fight before you can assemble.
0: Yeah, but it seems like the the threat they introduce in Thor, they fight. It's a big drag-down battle. They, they go regroup. They fight again. It finally gets to the point of, can't we talk this out over some beer? They get the meat out, and then they become fast friends. It just would work with those characters.
1: Well, and the one who sent this person after Thor is the one who would keep sending more, from what I can tell. Yes. So you've got a third threat, or a second threat potentially, for these two to unite
0: against. Actually, I would, yeah. They, they get together, they realize they're cut from the same cloth,
1: mm-hmm.
0: they've got to go stop more from coming after it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it almost, I don't say writes itself, but there's mm-hmm. some very clear directions it would go in. And again, the character they teased, I, I thought would be a very fun introduction into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I could see where they could use that character moving forward and such. So I like how they're continuing to expand the broader MCU and such while continuing to build on stories. I was a little disappointed that Darcy, who was in the WandaVision series, mm-hmm. there was kind of no mention of any of that here. Again, we talked about Shu being there. the the a, should have been there in the, the City of Gods and wasn't sort of thing, or any of the other gods. At least I didn't recognize them. Maybe we should have. Maybe I just missed them.
1: Now, you know what would really crack me up but I don't think anybody would do if in the next season of the Loki TV show we had even one scene where Loki needs to get out of somewhere in a hurry so he punches in whatever to his little device and he pops over and he's right outside the RV and he slips in and tells love hi I'm your uncle Loki has just a few minutes with her and then pops out back to his story and just kind of leaving the impression of the God of Mischief is, you know.
0: I don't know that that would fit in the Loki series, although it'd be a logical place for it. But it does point out this is the first Thor film. I think we don't even have Loki at all.
1: We had fake Loki.
0: True, we had fake Loki, but...
1: I, I agree, we didn't have Loki Loki, and I, I missed him. But I find it hilarious we had fake Loki, and I. part of me is tempted to go through the credits because we had Thor. We had Mighty Thor. We had Fake Thor.
0: We had Kid Thor and a few other, yeah. We
1: had, oh, sorry, not Fake Thor, Actor Thor. Actor Thor. But then we had, what was it, Baby Thor, Kid Thor, Teenager Thor.
0: All of which were from a montage of him growing up and and whatnot that lasted all of 30 seconds, it felt like.
1: Yeah, but it's just, you know, kind of a, how many Thors can you fit
0: in one movie? But again, surprising not to have even. I, I don't think we even mentioned Loki. I mean, again, we had the actor, oh, Loki. Well, right.
1: I'm trying to think aside that. from the play.
0: I don't recall it.
1: I mean, I'm trying to think through the narration of the, uh, the stories. Some of the stories I kind of liked, some of the stories made me groan.
0: Maybe, but I don't recall it there, but Mm-mm. that would have been the place to do it.
1: And I will say the narration, the voice was quite good. I don't recall who did that, but the yeah. storyteller was a good voice. Well, that was
0: core. Uh, What's he, the director?
1: Ah, yeah, he was doing, yeah, he was, I liked that. Yeah, he did a great job.
0: Yeah. It does make me wonder when the next season of uh, Loki comes out, though. So, I mean, this was a fine film. It wasn't great. It wasn't horrible. It had its moments. I could see where it was pulling stuff from. I was hoping it was going to pull more from the Jane Foster Thor era than the God Butcher arc, but it didn't.
1: I will say the, uh, the cancer arc didn't work for me, but that was a me thing, totally. Yeah,
0: yeah. No, I can understand that. Well, it was heavy, it was depressing, and it came out of nowhere in the film of just she's dealing with this, she's, you know, stuff like that. Even if there'd been a line in WandaVision of, I've got a friend who's sick, I've got to go see something.
1: Well, to me, what wasn't working was the, I'm going to fight this my way, and then the, I'm just going to stay in Mighty Thor mode. And that way, I'm not in the body with cancer, and it's like I don't have it. That's not fighting.
0: No, and in the comics, Jane would go to to chemo. She was the active Thor at the time, so if there was an emergency, she'd turn into Thor. And that kind of invalidated the chemo, because the chemicals didn't stay in the body. It kind of reset afterwards.
1: And if she had been doing chemo in New Asgard while she was Thoring. And when Thor got her to the hospital, and she found out that she had basically been doing chemo and then unchemoing herself, yes, that would have been such a powerful storyline to me.
0: Yeah, and again, that's what they did in the comics, and it's part of what was a great run.
1: And I can see that, but the way this came across didn't work
0: for me. Well, they had two hours in the movie, you know, minus end credits, all that kind of a stuff, and they had to introduce score the god butcher they had to introduce some of these other gods they had to progress the threat they had to bring jane back into the story oh she's got cancer there's only so much time you can devote to some of those things yeah. and that got to kind of the short end of the script and it was weak because of it mm-hmm. and again so many things particularly at the start of the film were downer kind of moments yeah and even at the end there were some downer moments and typically this is a little more lighthearted fair good action adventure and and part of it is It's visually dark. We get to the Shadowlands. It's Hmm. monochromatic for the most part. Yeah, There were certain stylistic things they did that didn't make this as bright and cheery and stuff. So when we got to the the City of the Gods or a few other places, those colors popped Mm -hmm. and made all the other stuff all the more noticeable. Yeah. So again, I respect the – they made some creative decisions. I'm not saying they were bad ones, but they had ramifications for me as a watcher. Mm -hmm. And I think they put together a good film. It was just not the story I was wanting, expecting, or hoping for, but it wasn't a bad story at all. And it was a good adaptation of the God Butcher stuff mixed in with the uh, Jane Foster Thor that was not part of that story. So it was taking two very different time periods of the the Thor stories and just kind of smashing them together and tossing them into the MCU. And to get something that, that holds together decently, that's not bad.
1: Well, like the uh, God Butcher, I won't say interrogating, but when he's demanding, you know, uh, get back um, the axe. Stormbreaker. Stormbreaker. That scene was beautiful in terms of visuals and the effects of the making people move here, there. Mm -hmm. That scene blew me away. And that's a scene that normally that's not the kind of scene I go for. Yeah. So the fact that they could make a scene like that and have me coming out saying, "Wow, that was beautiful." Yeah. is kind of a testament to just they really did some nice stuff in there, but the story I wish they'd moved it up a notch.
0: I think both moving it up a notch and going for a, a lighter tone than they did in some places would work better for me. Mm-hmm. I think there are going to be other people, it's more targeted towards them, and it works great for them. And I mm-hmm. can I can see that.
1: Well, and as I said at the beginning, I came in expecting more comedy and expecting a lighter movie, because that's what I've come to expect from
0: Thor. I was expecting a lighter movie and a bit more of a romance aspect, love and mm-hmm. thunder. Yeah. Even if it was just Thor tries to get back with Jane, she's got the power, it's not working, they break up the end or whatever. I mean, there are a ton of ways they could have done that. but. When I think love and thunder, I don't think God Butcher.
1: Yeah. Oh, and I did love the weapon they acquired. Yes. I think uh, in terms of you know knickknacks that get sold, et cetera. I think that one. I yeah. liked how it came in half.
0: I-, I thought that was good. I think when it was first being shown off <laughs> as this is the weapon, it was okay. Come on. <laughs> that- Do we need uh, three days of this or whatever? It felt like it just went on forever.
1: Oh, but that fit with the gods that it, it came did. with.
0: It was fun, but it was a little long. That Some of those scenes were some of my favorites of the film, though.
1: I mean, that was the weapon being presented with
0: fireworks. Oh, yes. Yes. To me, that was humor. And I'm curious where that weapon ended up at the end.
1: Uh, last I saw, Thor still had it.
0: I don't recall seeing it in that last scene, but I would think he still has it.
1: Mm-hmm. I would think so.
0: So, again, curious when we're going to see Thor next. Mm-hmm. I don't know, I mean, Thor will return, great, got it, I see who you're going to put him up against, is that going to be next year, the year after, five years from now, what?
1: Well, and I don't know if Guardians 3 is supposed to be before or after this, timeline-wise. I mean, I know it's not released yet, but that could be a I'm expecting after
0: issues. it, with them going after the other stuff, or having dealt with it, I expect mm-hmm. them to give a reference early on as to, we've dealt with all that, and now we're going to go do whatever. Okay. But otherwise, I would have expected, if it was dealing with them going, when they split with Thor, to the other concurrent threats, that we'd have gotten it almost on top of this. But I don't know for sure. I haven't kept up. Mm-hmm. There's just, again, so much going on in the Marvel Cinematic Universe.
1: But they've just, they've shuffled the schedule yes. enough times. Yes. That, yes.
0: If, that makes it hard to keep track, too.
1: Yeah. I mean, if timeline-wise, it was actually before this, then conceivably, we've got some Thor in it.
0: Possibly. I don't know. It, that. That's an option. It's not what I am expecting, but that's just what I am expecting.
1: Yeah, and I just like I said, I just don't know. Grounds
0: in reality is all I am saying. So we'll see what they do, and when it comes out, it hopefully has a good soundtrack and Mm -hmm. has the the style we expect out of Guardians.
1: I think this movie did have good moments, and I I liked the character at the end, love. So for me, in terms of, I hope love comes back and is well used in the future. And to me, that does make it i I'm glad we watched it.
0: They can't not bring her back. They have to bring her back and address what's going on with her. Okay. You spend an entire movie effectively leading to a setup of this. To not deal with it in the next one seems wrong.
1: So viewing this as her origin story? Yes. Then I'm really glad we watched it.
0: Yeah. If not, they gave the, the movie the wrong title. It should have been Thor God Butcher.
1: Okay. I can see that.
0: So we'll see where they go, both in this film and the other stuff. And if and when they try to get the Loki stuff to dovetail back into Thor, should they choose to do that? Yeah. So, anything else? I think that does it. Cool. The show notes and forum for this podcast can be found at www.comicbookpage.com under the podcast and forum sections of the website. Please email us at theguys at comicbookpage.com and let us know what you think of what was discussed in this episode. Thanks for listening.